I want to preach something to you for just a few moments that have to do with this generation as well as every single person. This is a general message for everybody, but I want the young people to pay attention because if you can get this in your spirit now at this age, you will be unstoppable. And, be, and then the reason why I say that is because I want to tell you and remind you, for those of you that have been following God for a long time and maybe you've fallen off the horse a little bit and you've forgotten how big God is, I want to remind you there are no limits with God. There are no limits with God. Now let me share this thought with you that I'm sure you've noticed the number of shortages that are taking place in our, in our stores today. Yes? There's a number of shortages from card chips to workers, shortage of workers. You can go to any restaurant anywhere, whether it's a chain or mom and pop, and they can be closed to seating, but they'll have a drive through or dine out only or take out only. Why? Because they can't find workers or shortages or whatnot. There's shortages on so many things. There's even a shortage on paint. There's been a shortage on, come on now, this is where it hurt my spirit. Shortages on Chick-fil-A sauce. I can't preach, Pastor Corey, I need you to help me. Chick-fil-A sauce. When God's sauce is on shortage, you know we need revival. Jason, stop laughing because you know you'll be crying too. (laughs) Chick-fil-A sauce, you know the end is near. Jesus is coming soon. Shortage is a word that's describing our day today. But I want you to know shortage has never been a word in the kingdom of God. The only way... For there to be shortages if we don't do our part. The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. That's the only thing I can think of through scripture that talks about how we can impact the world by shortage. See, God gives spirit without limit. And I believe we have a slide with this. He gives spirit without limit. John chapter 3, verse 34. He gives love and that endures forever. That is limitless, according to Psalm 136. He also gives mercy. How many need mercy new every morning? Come on now. For those of you that don't need mercy, I want to know more about your secret sauce, so to speak. Because I need mercy every morning. It's new every morning. And how many know that his arm... His arm, the the righteous right hand of the Lord Jesus Christ is never too short to save. Isaiah 59 and verse 1. The Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter 318 how high, how wide, how deep, and how long our God is. And how he can reach the furthest of places that we have ever seen. And some of which we've never seen. There are more villages in parts of the of this globe that God has put a missionary there to reach them because God's arm is not too short. And maybe you walked in here. I need everybody looking at me for a moment. I want you to know something. 
God's arm is not too short for you. We serve a limitless God. There are no limits with God. How many are grateful for that? Limitless God we serve. Amen? The question that we have to ask ourselves is this. If God is with us and there is no shortage to his presence and activity in our lives, why are we experiencing shortages in our lives? If God is limitless, if there is no limit to God or his Holy Spirit or his Son, why are we experiencing shortages? Now let me take a sidebar for a moment. In America, why are we experiencing shortages? Greatest, in my opinion, and you can have your own, but I have the microphone. In my opinion, the greatest country in the world, the greatest country on the globe, America. Why are we experiencing shortages? Why are we in our shelves looking like that picture we just saw just a moment ago? Why, do, why does America look like this? Can I tell you why? Because we have decided that we are too intelligent, too good for our own good. We're too strong. We're too powerful. Throw that picture up one more time, Bill. That picture right now, that shortage of picture. That right there is exactly why America is experiencing shortages. Because we think we can control everything and we'll be all right without God. And then we wonder when we remove God from everything, why our lives aren't elevating to where we're supposed to be. What is this? Why is there bread, one single piece of bread, one single loaf of bread on that shelf? That is a symbol right there of how many people live their lives. Bear. You know, I saw this interesting picture online the other day, and I need you to follow with me. Everybody with me? I saw this picture online, and this is what they did. The, the supermarkets are beginning to line up their stuff left to right. Not front to back because of the shortages. So what they're doing is they're trying to show you like everything's okay. They're trying to line up that ragu sauce. Come on, somebody. They're lining up the Goya products. Come on. Come on, Latinos. You know what I'm talking about? That Goya sauce. Come on. That's of God right there. Eso de Dios right there. That's God right there. So. They're lining up the sauces, the spaghetti. They're lining up everything. They're lining them up this way, this way. Why? If you look behind it, there's maybe another row. That's it. Why? Because they want to give this persona. They want to give this optical that everything's okay. That everything's all right. That there are no shortages. But I want to tell you. That there are Christians in this room and listening online right now. You do the same thing in your life. You line up everything so everybody else can see like you got it going on. Everything's perfect. Everything's not. You don't take pictures of the ugly dinner you had. <laughs> this is disgusting. Let me get a picture. I burnt the rice. I need to get a picture of this. Come on. Nobody takes a picture of some food they messed up. Unless they want to laugh at themselves pretty good, which could happen. Some of you have done that. But we, get, we want to put this best foot forward, right? We want, oh, this is good stuff. I don't want to touch it. Let me get a picture of it first. 
Everybody online is hungry now because you go ahead and threw a picture up of your steak. Right? Dare I say that there are believers that do the same thing. They line up their faith, make everybody think everything is looking all right. But if you take one thing out, oh my goodness, it's exposing everything. Right? If it's lined up front to back, you take one out. Guess what? There's one right there. You take another one out. Guess what? There's one right there. But we do in our faith is the same way. We line it up like everything's okay. But don't take one out because you're going to expose me. Why are there shortages? Because we're so busy about what everybody else thinks. We don't even go deep. We don't go deep. We go wide. We just want everybody to think we're okay. And it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Hello? If y'all say amen or something, I'll preach shorter. I promise I will. So this loaf is an example. So I want to share with you quickly three ways here this morning. Three ways that I believe you can elevate your experience in God. How you can activate yourself so that you could live in a way that is limitless. How many want to live that limitless life? Yes, I want to live that limitless life. I don't want to be uh, lacking every single day of my life. I want the limitless power of God in my life so that when something doesn't look right, I can look at it and go, I'm not buying it. I'm not believing it. I'm having faith in this moment. And that thing changed. Like my, my, my sister's testimony just a little bit ago. We saw that need. We shot that prayer out in our prayer chain. We said, here's the need. Here's the need. Boom. And all of a sudden, people prayed that night. Next morning, things have changed. Why? Because we elevated our faith to a place where we believe that our God is limitless. What if they, they sent that? What if Sister Alice sent the prayer? She, she said, hey, would you pray for this? And I, you know what, Sister Alice? God is real busy right now. But if you leave your name and number, maybe he'll get back to you as soon as possible. No, 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 no. We sent that thing right through the chain. We said, let's, we're going to pray. I prayed with her over the phone. I said, let's pray. And then we prayed. And then people prayed. And guess what happened? Things changed. Why? Because we serve a limitless God. There are no limits for God. Amen? So let me show you the first thing. We elevate our walk with God through our perception of God. How many believe that the way you see God matters or how you activate your faith daily? Does this sound right? Because... Looking at how the average Christian looks at life, I'm not fully convinced that the average Christian truly believes God desires to walk with them in their daily lives. I I think there's some people that still don't believe that God wants to be a part of every area of your life. He wants to be a part of every area of your life. Not just be like, oh, God wants my money. No, God don't need your money. And I love what my sister Nisa said earlier. If you really feel so badly every time you write that check or send that text or whatever that looks like, keep your money. Keep your, it's not doing no good. Trust me, if you sow it, it will do good. But I'm saying for you, if you give in with a guilty or some sort of uh, restraint or feel like obligation, hold your money until you feel otherwise. But know that when we give to God, whether it's our money, our mind, or our minutes, God is in charge of those things. And our perception of God changes when we give Him our full attention. From the beginning, God desired to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. That was his goal. He delivered his people from Egypt. Hello? I love what Pastor Corey said earlier. 
that, that, that exodus that God had planned for his people. Exodus actually chapter 19 verse 4 says this. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You now know how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Isn't that a good verse? God reminds us all how he's the one that carries us. Come on, raise your hand right now if you know that God is the one that carries you. All right? When he led the people by the cloud, the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, he was active in their lives morning and night. And the same way he wants to be with you. Morning and night. God wants to be active. Actively involved in your life. Stop thinking for a moment that it's, this is too little to pray about. Or this is too big to pray about. I got to pray for the medium things. What is a medium thing? It either matters to you or it doesn't. And if it matters to you, it matters to him. So pray about it. That's why the scripture tells us to pray about all things. And to pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean you go to a 24-hour prayer meeting. That just means that throughout the day, you, you're, not, you're okay with stopping and saying, God, help me with this thing. Are you with me? Is this helping anybody? Because he was powerfully present in Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph's life. And guess what? He wants to be active in, in, in your life too. He wants to be active in your life. Well, then Christ appeared in the New Testament, right? And then it's, it's exemplified through what? Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. What is that? What am I talking about? Well, throughout the Gospels, we see that Jesus was with his people. He was a friend of sinners. In fact, people got ticked off at Jesus because he sat down with tax collectors and sinners. He sat with them. There are people that were too holy to do that. But God cared about that relationship. So Jesus Christ sat down. With tax collectors and sinners. But it also talks about how Jesus spent time with his disciples. In people's homes. Right? He was with Mary and Martha. You remember that story? He was at the home with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And Mary, she's sitting at his feet. And Martha's running around. Making sure everything is perfect. And some of you do the same thing. You're running around making sure everything's perfect. But you haven't even taken time with the Savior. And Martha runs to Jesus. Mary, she's just not doing nothing. She's lazy. She's always been like that. You know how sisters bicker at each other? Not our sisters of freedom. They all love each other. Like all the time. They don't fight. They don't fight at all. Said no one ever. Um, right? Come on. How many have a sibling you fight with? Some of y'all threw down at family gatherings and stuff. So I'm like, you know what? I had enough of you right now. I'll I tell you what right now. I'm taking my nails off. The weave came off. Come on, somebody. I'm sorry. I wouldn't get on you guys for a second. It just bring back memories. That's what I'm just. I almost lost that one. Okay, so. The family gatherings is all good, right? I don't like you. I'll punch you and then pray for you later. (laughs) Um, But in all seriousness, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, you know, 
He sat with them. Jesus wants to be with you. You're not alone. He wants to sit with you. He wants to, he wants to hear your heart. Somebody say this with me. We're not alone. We are his. We are limitless. God is limitless. You need to remind yourself of that. Some of you have been in faith so long, you forgot how big your God is. Can I remind you for a moment how big your God is? He's a big God. He's a big God. And nothing that you bring to him is going gonna, is gonna to intimidate him or blow his old schedule up. God, the God we serve is not distant. In fact, the same spirit, as my wife mentioned so beautifully earlier, the same spirit that hovered over the face of the waters and created earth, it's the same spirit that God put in you. Somebody say this to me, God is with me. I want you to remind yourself that this week. I want you to remind yourself of that this week. God is with me. And when you go through a hard time, God is with me. When you go through a good time, come on somebody, God is with me. When you have a hard time because that co-worker is just getting on your last nerve. I want you to say this with me. When that child, that child that God blessed you with. Does something you said not to do. You have to stop and tell yourself. You too. When you look at your bank account, come on. <laughs> Let me just get right in your living room. When you look at your bank account, and you're like, Eso no de Dios. that's not a God. I want you to be able to look at it and say confidently, God is with me. Come on, I'm getting real practical with you guys. That's how you elevate your faith when you realize God is limitless and he is with you. Amen. So activate that faith this week. Can I challenge you with that? Activate. So how do we, let, let me just take number point, point number one about perception. How do we put feet to this? Watch this. I have a, an application point for each of my points. Here it is. Number one, ask God to reveal himself to you in the details of your life. Then learn, pause, and look for him. So not just, I want to make God bigger in my mind. No, this is how we do it. Ask God to reveal himself in you in the details of your life. What is it in your life that he needs to be active in? And write it down. Ask God. Write it down. Pause and look for him. Number two, elevate our walk with God through our posture toward God. Our posture. Prior to Jesus pouring out his spirit on the disciples, he commanded them to posture themselves in what? Expectation. When you walk into this room, when you walk into a prayer meeting, when you go to your job, when you go to your school, wherever it is, whether it's a spiritual environment or a secular environment, whether it's a spiritual job or not spiritual job. Listen, the job is only as spiritual as you make it. Because God is calling people not just in ministry, he's calling them to the marketplace. Your job is only as spiritual as you make it. So if you want to go in there and, and forsake God, guess what? It's a godless office. But if you want to inject God in your workplace, walk in there with authority and say, this week is going to be a great week because God is with me. Lord, open my eyes and show me how I can bless somebody this week. Come on. How many know that'll change your Monday morning right there? Come on, somebody. That'll change your... Listen, young people, you can cry about Monday morning or you can get up and go, God, I don't want to get up and go to school. But guess what? 
I got to go. So why not make it the best Monday ever? Lord, show me who I'm supposed to help today. Just encourage them. Hey, you look great today. Shane, you look great today, man. You look good. You look great. Kim, I love that sweater. Beautiful sweater. Beautiful. Right? So, so you look at all these. Hey, hey, Steve, such and such. You, you know, it costs you nothing to be positive. It costs you nothing to share grace with someone. Posture yourself. Because that puts you in a position to hear from God. Because the more you bless others, the more you put others above you, the more you elevate Jesus in people's lives, guess what? He will be lifted up and he will draw all men to himself. Posture yourself toward God. Some of you are thinking like, posture, which posture should I have? Should I have this posture? This posture? Should I have this posture? That could be part of it for you. But how about an expectation of posture? That every single time you open your mouth and pray, you actually believe what you're praying. I don't know about you, but I prayed some empty prayers before. Yeah, I'm guilty. Anybody with me? Am I alone? You just said what you understand. Come on. There have been so many hollow prayers. A lot of them prayed at the dinner table. Come on, let's be honest. Because you smell the food. You're like, if I don't pray short, someone's going to throw something at me. And you smell the food and you're like, Lord, just bless this food. Amen. And your kids are like already with the spoon, like they're waiting for you to hear. They're ready to hear amen. You know what I'm talking about? No, that's not all the kids, not all the kids, but every one of them. I'm not leaving lying. Every one of them. They all do it. You posture yourself. We've all prayed empty prayers. Listen, Jesus positioned himself in a place of solid. Listen, I'm, I'm, listen, watch this. The Bible's full of moments where people put themselves in positions to hear from God. Find your sacred place. Look at me. Find your sacred place to get with God. Find your moments to get with God. Amen? And make that moment count. Maybe it's a favorite chair in your office. Maybe it's a, a special place in your, in your house. Maybe it's a, pri- a, a prayer drive around your neighborhood. Before you go to work, maybe you're just taking a little bit. You, you, get up, you leave the house 10 minutes earlier and take the scenic route and just pray. I need 10 minutes extra to pray. With the price of gas, maybe you're like, I'd rather walk around my building. Fill your tank is like $378 per gallon. I'm not bitter. I'm just praying. Listen, every, every day through the week, offices are typically closed on Friday, so you won't find it necessarily on Friday. But Monday through Thursday, every day, the off, these, this room is open. You got a prayer. You, listen, you got, a, you got a lunch break? Come in here and pray. You don't even have to ask. Just come in here and pray. Pray that God will do something in your life. Pray that God will do something in your workplace. You with me? Isaiah 40, verse 31. But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Come on. How about uh, posturing ourselves? It's not about, oh, I don't want to look religious. No, it just means you're devout. It just means you believe God. Those who wait on the Lord, God will renew their strength. And I don't know about you, but I need renewing of my strength from time to time. Amen. Amen. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. 
That's posture, friends. Now, how do I take posture? Designate a place in your house. Listen, for the next 10 days, or at least the next seven days till next Sunday, find the place where you can pray every day this week, every day, the same place every day for 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 10 minutes for seven to 10 days. Find the place where you can pray. Say, well, Pastor Tony, I don't have time. If you don't have 10 minutes for God, you better get used to it. You're going to spend eternity with God. Get used to it now. Take 10 minutes and pray. Find the place that you can devout, devoutly put yourself there. And third and Latin, definitely not least, we elevate our walk through him pruning us. Now, this is the painful one. You ready? Pruning is not, this pr- pruning is not for the fainted heart. What does pruning mean? Well, Jesus uses this illustration in John 15, if you let me to read this. And this is a very strong verse. Now, listen to me. He says this. He cuts off every branch, New Living Translation. He cuts off every branch, listen to these two words, of mine. Of mine. He doesn't just cut off branches. Of mine means it's, this is for believers. He's not cutting people off that don't know him. This is not for non-believers. He's pruning believers. So he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce what? How much? A little more? Just more. More. So there are times that God cuts people out of your life so you can produce more. But we're so quick to hold on to things in our lives that don't, God doesn't want to, for it to be in your life. Hello? But he's been cutting things out of your life. And you're holding on to it for dear heaven. You're holding on to it like, please don't leave. Listen, ladies, if he don't respect you, and he don't respect the God you serve before, when you're dating, guess who he's not going to respect after you marry him? I'm going right to get right in it. If he can't love God more than you right now, he probably never will. Fellas, I don't care how cute she is. If she don't know Jesus, that cuteness will have its day. Where it's no longer cute to be a heathen woman. When that fades, Pastor Tony, you saying beauty fades? No, I'm saying that shallow beauty fades. And when she don't look the same, what are you holding on to then? So what I'm saying is, put yourself in a position when God starts pulling stuff out of your life, don't fight it. Let him prune you so that you can give more, come on, fruit. Amen? Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. You got real quiet, so that means I'm doing something right. I love the word prune because it means, watch this, to purge any mixture or contaminants. So there are things that God is cutting out of your life because it's not making you better. It's contaminating you. Did you get that? Every young person, sit up. Look at me. Look at me. I need you to get this. The things that God cuts out of your life Cameraman, you need to follow me because I'm about to get mobile right now. 
The things that, that, the, that the world has offered you seems enticing. The things that the world offers you seems like that's what it, I should follow. But I'm telling you right now that the things that he cuts out of your life are going to make you better. It shouldn't make you bitter. It should make you better. So allow him to take the things out of your life that don't help you. Allow him to take those things out of your life. Because there's some adults that are sitting in this room that were like, man, I wish I would told, somebody would have told me that at 15. I wish somebody would have told me that at 14. If you could get it now, young people, hear me. I'm telling you, this generation, the world is telling you that there's limits on God and believing him. And the world is telling you, watch this, that you know what? Be you. You be you. No, I don't want to be me. That's what got me in trouble. Come on, some of you have a... Have a rap sheet because you were being you. Hello? I don't want to be me. I want to be the God in me. I want to be what he created me to be. So what do I do? I allow him to prune those things out of my life. Oh, it hurts sometimes, but guess what? He doesn't want to prune everything. He just wants to prune the things that contaminate you. So I love this phrase that I I found. It's not my own. I can't own it. But it said this. There is... There is no full measure if we're allowing mixture. There is no full measure if we're allowing mixture. God and the world don't mix, friends. Stop trying to make it fit. It don't fit. Stop trying to make it fit. It don't fit. So here's my final thought. And so here's to to the idea of pruning. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to read this psalm. Everybody in in this room and everybody online right now, follow me. Turn to Psalm 139, and I'm going to close with this. Psalm 139. I only have two verses. Worship team, come on up. I only have two verses that I'm going to read that I have on the screen, but I want to read the whole psalm. Why? Look at me. Everyone look at me. Because... 24 verses of God is better than a thousand verses of me. I'm going to say that again because it's worth mentioning. 23 verses of God. Mind that one verse in God is better than a thousand verses of mine. Amen. How many believe that to be true? You believe that even if I read the whole chapter right now? Well, let's do that together. Because I want us to read this together. So with every house light up just for a moment. Because I want them to see in their own Bible. Some of you need to like highlight this or check it off. When I'm done reading the psalm, you can turn the lights back down. Because we're going to end with the psalm. But Psalm 139, beginning in verse 1. O Lord, you have examined my heart. This is the psalm of David. And know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts. Even when I'm far away, you see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. This is New Living Translation. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. 
If I ride the wings in the morning, if I dwell in the furthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I, I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become a night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as, I've been, as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I cannot even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. Oh God, if you would only destroy the wicked, get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. Verse 23. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting. And we read God's word and say. Amen. Friends, let me say this with complete and utter fear and reverence for God. Be careful how you pray that last verse. Those last two verses, search me and know me. If there's anything in me that offends you, take it out. Because God is pruning every one of us. The question is, are you listening? Amen. I'm here to tell you this morning, there are no limits in God. Come on, stand to your feet all across this room. I've been reading the New Living Translation lately, and I, in fact, I think all of my text here this morning was out of NLT. But God's Word is very specific. And I love the part where it said, you know how complex I am. Some people are like, see, Lord, you made me complex. I've been telling my husband that for years and years. But he don't believe me. It's in your word now. It's official. I'm biblical because I'm complex. Come on. I got a lot of amens behind me all of a sudden. All the ladies like, preach it, pastor. But guys, we're not so easily understood either, right? We just hold it in longer. Ladies will let it out. Whether it's one or six a stranger at Walmart, aisle number seven. Guys will wait till you know them like seven years. Ladies just want somebody on aisle seven. That's just the difference between men and women. But we are complex. But I want to tell you, no matter how complex, look at me, look at me, everyone. Everyone that is in this room, look at me. You're not complex because you're not worthy 
You're complex because you were made in his image. And there's so much in you, you don't realize is destined for greatness. We just have to come to a place where we realize we serve a limitless God. Amen? A limitless God that's not willing to shut the heavens just yet. He wants to bless you. So how many of you in this room right now say, you know what? I receive the limitless power of God in my life. Come on. How many of you feel that way? You feel that way? You receive the limitless power of God. You'd be like, Pastor Tony, I've been a Christian a long time. I don't really need to raise my hand. I just, you know, whatever. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to be the first. I'm going to tell you right now. I need, I need all, the limit, all the limitless power of God. I need both hands. I'm telling you, the more we rely on God, the more we know God, the more we realize we need him. So pray with me a limitless prayer that will allow us to elevate our faith. And listen, I'm excited to hear the reports this week from Life Group up through this message, how God will want to elevate your faith. Amen. So, so here's what I'm asking you to do. Just lift your hands all across this room. Father, every hand that is lifted and every person at home right now, come on, if you are there, just lift your hands right now. And maybe type in the comments, I'm here. Just put in the top comments, I'm here, I'm watching. And then lift your hands. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, would you rest your presence upon every person in this room that has lifted their hands and has decided that God, you are limitless and they too want to be limitless because of your Holy Spirit in their lives. Father, I pray, let your power and your presence be very clear in this place. Rest on us, O power. Rest on us, O God. We want to walk in the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We want to be the fullness of God on earth. Help us to live like you, loving God, loving the Father, and loving people, and changing the world. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said.